Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, as we predicted in early September, and I played you that sound, but I'm not going to play it again. The autumn was going to be really rough for President Biden, and it has been really rough. Approval numbers are in the 30s. Uh, Trump is beating him in all the polls. Um, the economy is, you know, coming up a bit in a macro sense, but people are still paying far too much for essentials. And it goes on and on and on. Southern border, Putin, Israel, Hamas, uh, never ends. But perhaps the worst thing for Joe Biden is Hunter Biden, his own son. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So as you know, Hunter Biden was subpoenaed to uh, sit for a deposition in front of the House Oversight Committee. He defied that subpoena. He showed up. We showed it last night. Uh, we're going to show you a little bit of it uh, in a moment. Arrogant, very arrogant. Basically, say, I'm not, I'm not answering the subpoena. I'm not going to do that. Now, his father, the president of the United States, had to know he was going to defy the subpoena. Had to know it. All right? Yet, if it were me and I'm the president, I'd say, you got to sit for that deposition. So do you. Can't have people defying legal subpoenas. I mean, and if you do, you got to pay a price. Okay, so Hunter shows up and he says, not answering questions. I'll do it publicly. I'll do it the way I want. Here's the soundbite. Go. Here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer. When you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen I am here to testify at a public hearing today. 
to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. That's your, not your call, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke, a nickname. Okay, if they issue a subpoena, you got to answer the subpoena. Okay, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm Hunter Biden. So I'm, hitting it, I'm sitting there going, this is absurd. Totally ridiculous. And the rest of the diatribe that Hunter Biden put forth was he's the victim. Witch hunt, MAGA, Republicans. Hey, look, Zeke. Tens of millions of dollars flowed to you. Tens of millions of dollars. While your father was vice president and you were riding around on taxpayer expense on Air Force Two. We can't tell, we the people, what you did to earn any of that money. The fact is, you didn't do anything. And if you did, let's see what it is presented to us. So, we have a right to know if you, Hunter Biden, sold influence. Because that is illegal. Your father had to know what you were doing. There isn't a father on earth whose son is amassing tens of millions of dollars. He doesn't know that. He had to know. He's on the plane with you many times. China, Europe, all over the place. But he said, oh, I never talked to my son about this. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. You know, <laughs> come on. So you have to answer questions in front of the congressional committee. That's what it's about. If the Congressional Committee didn't care about this, this country would be more corrupt than it is now. Because not one Democrat, not one in the House of Representatives voted to investigate what you, Hunter Biden, were doing. How you got the money. Democratic Party doesn't want to know. They don't care to know. That representing the folks, that good for the United States? Go ahead, do it. No, it's not. All right, so um, Republicans, because this is a partisan issue, obviously. Every Republican voted, by the way, in the House to hold uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden accountable and investigate what the situation is. Every Republican voted for, every Democrat voted against. Here's what the head of the Oversight Committee said. Go. So the House Oversight House Judiciary Committee are conducting this credible investigation that an overwhelming majority of Americans want. We have specific questions for the president's son. He does not get to dictate the terms of this subpoena. Correct. He does not. But seems to be okay with the president of the United States. Here's what his spokesperson said. Go. Look, you know, um, the president was certainly familiar uh, with what his son was going to say. And I think what you saw was from the heart from uh, his son. And you've heard, uh, you've heard me say this. You've heard the president say this. Uh, when it comes to the president and the first lady, they are proud of him uh, continuing to rebuild his life. They are proud of their son. So they're proud the uh, son defied the congressional subpoena. Okay. Yet another reason not to vote for Joe Biden or the Democratic Party. I don't know how many reasons you need, but we're proud. Hunter doesn't answer. So what? 
Now, I'm not going to get into personal stuff, but I will tell you this. If my son amassed tens of millions of dollars, I'd want to know exactly how he did it. And if he were using uh, a government jet to do that, I would say we are reimbursing the government for every cent of that. And if he lied about it, and if he defied a subpoena, he'd be hanging from his ankles from a tree in the front yard of my home. Okay? But apparently, my standards are not Joe Biden's standards. Let's just leave it that way. Now, the exact same thing, and I mean the exact same thing, happened to Steve Bannon, Trump's main guy. So on September 23rd, 2021, Steve Bannon was issued a subpoena by the House Select Committee to testify about um, things that happened within the Trump administration. He refused. Bannon would not uh, answer the subpoena. He was indicted, federal grand jury. Okay, I made a mistake. I thought the FBI arrested him, but the FBI did not arrest him. Bannon turned himself in. Okay, so he went through the process. Bannon did, said, I'm not guilty. They had a uh, court case, a jury. Jury said, you are guilty, Steve. And the judge sentenced him to four months in prison, fined him $6,500. Bannon appealed. That appeal is still underway. It's more than a year. There was some illness and a part of some of the attorneys or whatever, but that appeal should have been heard a long time ago. Now, Bannon is going to lose the appeal. He's going to have to serve the four months. Okay, now Merrick Garland has to do the same thing to Hunter Biden. I know some of you will say, oh, no, 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 he has to. Because if he doesn't, if Hunter Biden isn't indicted by the Justice Department and prosecuted, then the House of Representatives will certainly impeach Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland's butt's on the line. Okay, they'll impeach him. Will they get a conviction? No, but they'll embarrass him. He's already embarrassed. Why do you think there are new charges against Hunter Biden, nine new charges, three felonies, six misdemeanors on evasion of taxes. Why do you think that is? Think Merrick Garland wanted to do that? He didn't want to do it. He had to do it. The pressure was so immense on him. And now he's got another situation. You do this to Bannon, you got to do it to Hunter because it's exactly the same. So that's going to play out. All of this hurts President Biden. All of it. Every time Hunter Biden's name is mentioned and tens of millions of dollars are mentioned, suspicion falls on Joe Biden. Now, maybe that's not fair, okay? Because it is true there has been no public evidence set forth that Joe Biden did anything wrong. And Senator Chuck Grassley, all right, stated that yesterday. Go. And I'm going to just follow the facts where they are. And the facts haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything. That's true. And I admire Grassley, a Republican, for saying it. But you don't stop an investigation. Obviously, you continue it to see, you know, as an American, not just a journalist, but I don't, if... Joe Biden alleges that he, the president of the United States, lent his brother and son money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, all you got to do is show us the check you wrote or the wire transfer. And then that's over. You lent them the money, they paid you back. 
Now, legally, you had to pay, you had to charge him some interest, but you could show that too. Now, and the Democrats, I don't care. We don't care. <laughs> so fine. But Grassley is saying at this point in history, you couldn't convict Joe Biden of anything, and you couldn't. But two months down the road, you might be able to. And that's what they fear that Joe Biden, President Biden, did take money from his brother and his son. But it has not yet been demonstrated. All right. So this story is now turning the liberal corporate media upside down because they see the danger here down the road. Doesn't really matter. The forces that prop up the Democratic Party are not going to stop propping it up. Roll the tape. House Republicans have voted to approve an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, even though they admit there is no evidence to impeach him. <laughs> guys, guys, come on. That's, that's kind of step one. <laughs> Thank you all for coming to our wedding today. The ceremony will begin shortly, just as soon as I find a bride. Well, they're cowards. Uh, you know, I think you can fairly say of the so-called moderate Republicans in the House, they're always there when you don't need them. Yeah. Uh, but when there's actually something of consequence, they cave. Now, Schiff, you expect it, all right, that he's intellectually dishonest all day long. Colbert is more interesting to me. CBS pays Colbert to just spout liberal propaganda. That's, that's all he does. He's not funny. Very few people watch him as compared to the former hosts. Um, and he goes, there's no evidence to impeach him. This is what Colbert said to his audience. His audience is a bunch of seals. They don't know anything. Okay. There's not an impeachment here, uh, Steve. It's an inquiry. It's an investigation. Well, no, no evidence. Uh, no evidence. Uh, you see, you gather evidence by investigating. That, that's how you do that. It's just so blatantly stupid. Yet, day in and day out and day in and day out. What do you see? And that's a memo. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, let's get to anti-Semitism, very important part of this program today. So there's another poll. Uh, this is Harvard-Harris. Ironically, Harvard University participated in this poll. 2,034 registered voters. Um, first question. Do you think the recent attack on Israel was a terrorist attack or not? Total Americans, 84, no, 16. However, the age group 18 to 24 
Yes, it was a terror attack, 73. No, 27. So 27% of the 18 don't think the Hamas attack was a terror attack. Okay, second question. Do you think that Jews as a class are oppressors? Okay. Uh, and should be treated as oppressors, or is that a false ideology? False, this is total, 73, oppressors 27, 18 to 24, oppressors 67%, false ideology 33, okay? So, uh, you know, we're getting a, a picture here of a tremendous shift. Next question, do you think Hamas killing 1,200 Israeli civilians, kidnapping another 250, can be justified? Total can be justified, 27%, not justified, 73. That's all Americans polled. 18 to 24 can be justified, 60%, not justified, 40. Next one, is this conflict, in this conflict, do you support more Israel or Hamas? Total, Israel 81, Hamas 19. 18 to 24, Israel 50, Hamas 50. And on a genocide question, should people be allowed to accuse Israel of genocide? Total, 26% yes, 74% no. 18 to 24, 53% yes, 47% no. Joining us now from Florida, the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, very fine uh, website. I will be on that website being interviewed, grilled mercilessly by That's Mr. Right. Goldberg. I believe I'm going to be on there Wednesday, right? You put me on Wednesday? Wednesday, correct. You'll be grilled by a white, straight, Jewish male who apparently, I didn't know this, is an oppressor. Um, I'm an oppressor. Wait, does, that mean I'm you're, oppressor. does that mean you're bringing a guest host in? <laughs> Okay, so I'm looking forward to that grilling, which will uh, take place on Wednesday. Now, I discount 18 to 24 Americans, even though I've got two of them. I've got two of them, all right? But, and one of them really is astute. The other's a little shaky. But I, they don't know anything. Think back, Goldberg, when you were 18 to 24. I was horrifying. I was just horrified. I should have been deported I during was, the 18 to 24 group. Well, the, the problem with the 18 to 24 group is that they're not going to be 18 to 24 forever. They, and they're going to carry the, this anti-Semitic garbage with them when they get older. You think so? You don't think they'll evolve out of that as many in the Vietnam era did? Yeah, that's that's how it usually works. But who who would have thought that, I forget the percentage you gave of young people who, who think the the massacre, the slaughter on October 7th wasn't, wasn't a, a terrorist attack and the percentage that thinks Jews are oppressors, who would have thought th those numbers would exist? So, yes, yeah, some some will wise up, but a lot won't. Now, I think that most Americans are not anti-Semitic. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Totally agree. In your career, you've been everywhere, um, done everything. You rival me as far as I've been to 85 countries. I think you've probably been close to that, right? 
I've been to a lot of places. Okay. Not not India, and and not in the Arab world. I've been to Israel, but yeah, I've been to a lot of places. Okay. In your experience at CBS News, coming on up, working your way up to the correspondent position, and then through now, have you, Bernie Goldberg, experienced anti-Semitism? Can I begin earlier than CBS in yeah, high sure. school? Sure. So I had one, I think America is a great place and it's a great place for Jewish people. So I, I, I may disappoint you in that. I don't have too many examples, but uh, in high school, one kid, one kid uh, confronted me in the cafeteria uh, about something I wrote in the student newspaper that he didn't like. And he used an anti-Jewish slur at me. And it, it almost became uh, a, a brawl, like a, you know, like an animal house <laughs> brawl in the cafeteria. But a Christian friend of mine intervened on my behalf and got between us before it got out of hand. But that was only one incident. But when I was at CBS, and it wasn't other CBS people, uh, there was a guy named J.B. Stoner. I don't know if you know the name, Bill. Yeah, he's a Nazi. A world-class bigot. I mean, right. he said things in public that I wouldn't repeat on your show, in public, about black no, I know, people. I know he is, right. Okay, and, and he represented James Earl Ray, and the FBI suspected J.B. Stoner of being involved in the murder of uh, Martin Luther King. So um, uh, he's a lawyer and he's covering uh, somebody who kidnapped the publisher of the big newspaper in Atlanta. So we go to his house and he come, meets us in the yard and the cameraman, a, a good old boy from Nashville says, I got I'll introduce everybody. I don't want, I don't want your name going out here. So he introduces the sound man, the light man. He introduces himself as John Smith. That was his real name. And then he introduces me as, and here's our correspondent, Bernie Goldman. <laughs> J.B. Stoner goes into his house. You ready for this? Goes into his house and hands us bumper stickers. This is during the Arab oil boycott. The bumper sticker says, oil, yes, Jews, no. Oil, yes, Jews, no. And one of the people, one of my friends in the crew, I assume it was, without my knowledge, puts it on the bumper sticker, my rear bumper sticker, and I'm driving around Atlanta for three or four days. <laughs> you should have gotten that guy, boy. I hope you got him I, I uh, for doing that. When well, I realized it, but I... You I, know, I'm, I, actually, I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that you didn't run up against a lot of anti-Semitism in your life. I believe that Americans, most of them, I'd say 80% of them are not anti-Semitic. But the media drives this anti-Semitic thing. You know it's driving it. It's concentrating on the nuts at Cornell and at Columbia, at Harvard, at Penn, at MIT. It zeroes in, gives them all kinds of airtime. But the good college kids get zilch. They get nothing. So it's skewed. Am I wrong? No, you're hitting on a very important point, actually. And, and that is... Those students you're talking about are, in, they're ingrained with DEI, diversity, inclusion, or equity, equity and inclusion, which is, which is a farce in and of itself. But, but DEI's philosophy basically comes down to this. It's as simple as there are, there are two groups, the oppressed group and the oppressor group. If you're white, 
and you're a straight white male or Jewish, even female, you're in the oppressor group. And, and the difference between the, the anti-Jewish bigots on the right, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, we know that they're idiots. These people are professors, they're administrators at elite colleges, they're students at elite colleges, and they could say all they want, that they're not anti-Jewish, they're anti-Israel. But when they say nothing, absolutely nothing, about the atrocities that go on daily in the Arab world, where if you're gay, you could be thrown off a building. If you're a woman, you don't have rights. They say nothing about that. And the only time they go out and demonstrate is when it's Israel, the only Jewish state on the planet. So their, their contention that they're anti-Israel, not anti-Jewish, I don't think so. I think they're anti-Jewish. And it's from the progressive elite left. No doubt about it in my mind. From the very beginning, the progressive movement has been anti-Israel. All right, Bernie, uh, I will see you on Wednesday on BernardGoldberg.com. I'm ready for the for the uh, whatever you throw at me. It should are be you, a very interesting deal. Are you ready? Uh, uh, do I look not ready? <laughs> okay. Fair All enough. right. I'm ready. Okay. Thanks for helping us out. And you have a happy holiday down there. Okay. We really appreciate yeah. it. Merry Christmas to you and all the people listening to us. Thank you. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, the truth. He was at the White House uh, ranting and raving about Republicans not giving him carte blanche to spend in Ukraine and Israel. Republicans want, in return, a tighten up of the border, and Biden doesn't want to tighten the border. He's more than happy to have everybody in the world, and I mean that literally, come to this country. Um, but a reporter shouted a question at Biden. Go. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans admit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not. And it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many uh, of their lies. business associates? I did not. There's what? lies. There All right. I don't think it's lies. I think he did interact with his son and brother's business partners. Maybe I'm wrong. The odds that I'm wrong on this are about 100 to 1. Because we have, we know that he took phone calls, that he took dinners with the associates of his brother and son. That's proven. No, he says he didn't. Okay? I did not. <laughs> All right. You know... 
Did this get a lot of uh, scrutiny from the corporate media? Yeah, they don't care if he lies. They don't care. So he's doubling down. Okay, here's a very interesting story. It's happened in the House of Representatives. There was a resolution that said this, quote, strongly condemning and denouncing the drastic rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world, House Resolution 894. So 14 uh, House members voted against that. They don't want to condemn the rise of anti-Semitism. 13 Democrats and one Republican. They are Bowman, Bush, Connolly, Garcia, Gravelea, Jayapal, Lee, Cortez, Omar, Presley, Ramirez, Tlaib, Watson, and the Republican, Watson Coleman, I should say, from Jersey, Massey. Okay, so they don't want to condemn the rise in anti-Semitism there. Now, how could you not want to condemn the rise in anti-Semitism? So we asked, and Corey Bush, one of the squad from Missouri, said this, we need genuine action, not political games, and a measure doesn't protect our Jewish neighbors from alarming rises in anti-Semitism. It's not supposed to protect them. It's supposed to be a show of outrage. <laughs> Ms. Bush, hello. And Massey, here's what Massey said. Resolution states that all anti-Semitism is anti-Zionism. Uh, that's not true. So Massey can't even read the resolution. Okay. He doesn't even know what it says. He doesn't care what it says. He's a Republican from Kentucky. <laughs> These people is so far gone. All right. We told you yesterday that the uh, migrant encounters at the border broke a record this week. All right. Biden is Biden. Uh, doesn't care. And I mean that literally. The president of the United States does not care how many foreign nationals enter this country? That's it. Doesn't care. Okay. So there is a poll by Rasmussen, pretty reliable. Uh, Democrat 36%, Republican 33%, Independent 31%. Fair. Question, how serious a problem is illegal immigration in America? Very serious, 52%. Somewhat serious, 29%. Not serious, 16%. Not very serious, 13%. So it's 81% think it's serious. Okay. Which political party do you trust more to handle immigration? Democrats 37, Republicans 49. Um, I think this is the big, in the Republican primaries, this is the big issue. In the general, it'll probably be the economy with the border second. U.S. Supreme Court. Now, here's what I was talking about at the Talking Points memo when I said 2024 is one of the most vital years in American history. The progressive left wants a socialist nation. They want strong federal government in Washington to tell all of us what we can and cannot have. The way you get that is by passing a so-called wealth tax, where the government comes in to your life and evaluates everything that you have, takes a piece. Even after you've paid your income tax and every other tax they slap on you. And not only do they take a piece of what you have, they take a piece of what you've gained on paper. 
So if you bought Apple at a low price and now you hold it, you have a profit on paper from Apple stock. But you haven't gotten the money because you're holding the stock. You think it'll go higher. Government wants to come in and take a percentage of the paper profit. Okay, wealth tax. If Apple then crashes and comes down and not worth as much as that when the government took whatever they're going to take, you don't get a refund. You don't get anything back. If a wealth tax is passed, no one's going to invest in anything. That would just crash the economy, which is what the progressives want. They want the private marketplace, capitalism, to blow up so they can replace it with socialism. This is what it is. Now, I don't know. I can't make it any clearer than that. So there is a Supreme Court case on this. Charles and Kathleen Moore, retired couple from Redmond, Washington, uh, were taxed on a gain they had, an investment they had, that they didn't cash in. So they filed a federal lawsuit saying, you can't do that. The Constitution says this, quote, Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment to the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. The last part of that means that there's no wiggle room that Congress and the federal government can tax your income, money you receive, real money, income, not that you might receive, that you have on paper. No. Now, this is in front of the Supreme Court. It will be decided next June. My prediction, and we'll get this on tape, is six to three in favor of the Moors, that the government cannot tax unrealized gains. Supreme Court's going to stop it. But the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, a federal court in California and the West, said, it's okay. That's why it's at the Supreme Court level. So the Moors lost in the Ninth Circuit because that court out in the West, based in San Francisco, is the most liberal federal court in the history of this country. Do we all have it? If you have any other questions, very important that you understand the big picture here, what the progressives want to do. All right? Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town. Any questions, I will answer them on Monday. Very, very important story. The following countries do have a wealth tax, all right? Spain, Norway, Switzerland, Colombia, France, and Belgium should be on that list. Belgium has a real onus, has a real ornery, I should say, uh, wealth tax. So you go and establish residency in any of those countries. Now, places like Norway and Switzerland, they give you a little off-ramp. I ain't going to get into it. But those countries have a wealth tax. And of course, all the socialist countries, they just take what they want. So if you live in Nicaragua, forget it. <laughs> right? Venezuela, forget it. Cuba, no private property at all. North Korea, Russia to take whatever they want. <laughs> okay? Want to live there? Planes go there.
Senator Joe Manchin uh, taking a two-month tour of the country uh, and says that when he finishes, he'll decide whether to run for president on a third party. So this is getting pretty late for Manchin. You know, I don't know if he can put that campaign together. But my question was, who's paying for this? There's two-month jaunt going everywhere. He'll get some media attention. Um, and uh, we don't know. I suspect he has a campaign fund, Manchin, okay, because he was a senator from West Virginia. He's got, suspect a campaign fund is paying for this. I think Manchin is basically an honest guy. If he does decide to run, which, again, get pretty late, uh, he'll hurt Biden. So look for the media to cripple Joe Manchin. Okay, you wait and see. The attacks against him will start to mount. Because if he gets in, RFK Jr. is hurting Biden a little bit, about two points. Manchin will hurt him seven, eight points if he gets in. Smart Life. So uh, this is one of our most successful uh, projects, the Smart Life segment on the No Spin News. And um, sometimes I use concierge members' letters to make a point, and I'm going to do that tonight. So concierge membership means that you have a special email that goes directly to me. And you can discuss with me anything that you want. And I will try to help you, number one. And number two, advise you on matters that I can't directly get involved with. And number three, basically answer any questions about the news or my take on it give you a personal answer. It's an insurance policy for your life. It is very inexpensive. You sign up, you get a free book. There's no reason not to sign up for BillOReilly.com concierge membership because down the road, you're probably going to need us. Everything that we do in the concierge um, program is confidential. Okay, your name will never be mentioned ever in any context. Smart life today. So I get a letter from a very nice woman. I can tell by the tone of the letter and the way it's written, okay? This woman is suffering because Christmas is coming up. And there are millions of Americans in this very same position. They're apprehensive. They're tense. The reason that she is apprehensive is because her sister-in-law doesn't like her. All right? And Her sister-in-law is the steward of the two grandchildren, which the woman adores, whom the woman adores, all right, as most grandparents do. The sister-in-law, not given access that much to the uh, grandma. Okay, so they're all getting together on Christmas, and this woman is very fearful. So here's what I told her. I said, no. You are not going to convince your sister-in-law to like you, number one. Accept it. There may be many reasons, jealousy among them. A lot of jealousy in families. A lot. But there's no way that you're going to sit down with her on a one-on-one and have her like you. It's not going to happen. So what you have to do is, number one, talk to your son the man who's married to your sister-in-law, in a very kind, gentle way, and say, 
I'm a little upset because I'd like to have a good relationship with Naomi or whoever it is. And most of all, I want to have access to my grandchildren. What do you recommend? Ask your son for his recommendation. Now, he may be a waffle guy. He may be a weakling and you might not get any satisfaction. Okay. But that's step number one. And then you ask him to keep the conversation confidential. He may not. But there's nothing wrong with you talking to your son about a family situation. Okay? So that's where you start. Maybe if he's a real man, he could help. I could broker this, but maybe he can't. So let's assume that the son doesn't isn't able to do anything. You still have everybody over, and you're you're kind to everybody. You act the same. No snippy stuff. None of this. You don't have to cozy up to the daughter-in-law. You just be kind, nice. That's all. And of course, the grandchildren, you smother them with Christmas stuff. You try to make them as happy as you can make them. That's what you do. Now, if the sister-in-law insults you, which she very might do, you ignore it. It's like that Star Wars shield. You just put it out there, boom, 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 boom. Doesn't matter what she says. If she tries to embarrass you, then you have to pull your son aside and say, look, can, for the sake of Christmas and the children, can you put an end to this? You have to do that. But you got to overlook, overlook, overlook. And I know it's hard. It's easy for me to say. All right. I know it is. But you have to conduct yourself. You have to elevate. You now being everybody, smart life, you have to elevate above the pettiness, as hard as it is. Look, my natural instinct, and you know this for watching me for 25 years, is to snap back, to hit them right between the eyes. All right? Don't take any guff. And a lot of times that's the way to do it, but not in these family things. No. It's like you have to be... Very disciplined, K-I-N-D, even in the face when the other person isn't. All right? That's a smart life. And I hope uh, it works out for every family this Christmas. It should be a very, very relaxing, fun time. Okay, concierge membership, hope you check that out. Safest and most dangerous countries, 2024. Here are the safest. Iceland, very safe, except for the volcano. Got to watch out for that. Luxembourg, it's like seven streets long, Luxembourg. Nice little place, big castle. Norway, safe. Switzerland, safe. Denmark, safe. Been to all those countries. They're all worth visiting. Five most dangerous countries. South Sudan, most dangerous. I don't know anybody who's going there, by the way. Afghanistan, been there, very dangerous. Syria, been there, very dangerous. Libya, no, I haven't been there. Somalia, no, I haven't been there. I wouldn't go to any of them, ever. None of those countries ever would I go to unless I had to. All right? So I had to cover the Afghan war, so I went. Would I go back? If I had to. But nobody's going to any of those places. I'm going to give you some dangerous countries that everybody's going to. Everybody, I mean, you know. Mexico. You know, watch your butt there. I won't go anyway because I think the government's corrupt. I'm not going to help them. Central America. 
with the exception of Belize. Belize looks to me to be under control. I wouldn't be hanging out in Belize City, but the resorts look pretty well on. Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, forget it. Honduras, forget it. Costa Rica, everybody, oh, Costa Rica, you know, watch your butt. Panama, same thing. Watch it. In the Caribbean, you got to watch yourself in Jamaica. You can stay in the resorts, all-inclusive, that's fine. Watch yourself. Here's the final thought of the day. I want to take a moment, actually about 30 seconds, to thank our radio affiliates. About 100 stations take the No Spin News audio at night, most of them. WABC in New York, 9 p.m., our flagship. Uh, Then we do the updates uh, during the day. More than 300 stations take them. It's a powerful cannon to get the word out. Um, Hannity, I was on today. We talked about Christmas today. We'll post it on BillOReilly.com. It's a nice conversation, a gentle conversation. But it's so important, the radio, because television doesn't put on any traditional people anymore. Total blackball across the board. Didn't used to happen. I was on Letterman and Leno and Kimmel and Good Morning America, Today's Show, all of that. I mean, many, many, many times, John Stewart, you all saw me. They wiped it out. That's how bad the television industry is now. No matter what kind of book you have, what kind of stance you have, they're not going to put you on. Wrong. News Nation will. I'm on with Cuomo tonight. Check it out. And thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.